Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Now to the word for you today. My message is titled, Loved by the Father. Between the ages of 12 and 14, I can vividly remember or recall begging my stepfather to take us rabbit hunting one or two evenings a week. For him, this, this meant he would have spent all day in the hot Florida sun. This would have taken place between the months of May and August. Florida, May, August. Construction worker all day long. And as soon as he pulls in the driveway in his truck, we're two or three of us boys hitting him, hitting him with, hey, can we go hunting? Can we go rabbit hunting? Can we go rabbit hunting? And, and I mean, he hasn't even had a cold drink or stepped inside the door and we're begging him, will you take us rabbit hunting? And, and let me explain what this would mean to him because we never went, it was never just my brothers and I. We would gather the, the uh, teenage boys so there would be three to seven teenage boys all carrying shotguns plus three dogs in the back of a pickup. I got a picture to prove it. I don't have it for you, but I have it. And yet I'm awed or amazed at how often he said yes. It is a testament to his love for us and, and willingness to be kind and generous heart. And I'll say this to you all, success wasn't measured by the number of rabbits we brought home. Rather, it was the joy of the hunt, the camaraderie of friends. We often did. It was rare for us not to bring home rabbits, and we ate what we brought home. And it was just the way we operated, and I still marveled that he said yes. Um, it was more, though, than whether we brought something home. We had the young men being shaped by the love and sacrifice of this case, in this case of my stepdad. And that's the real story. And I want you all to understand something. My stepdad was far from perfect. But one thing he did well was spend time with me and my, especially my next older brother. Uh, I never felt loved less by, than, than my uh, I had a stepbrother as well, his son, that would have been three months older, is three months older than I am. And I never felt less loved by my stepdad than my stepbrother was by him. We were all treated the same. And so I, as I think on this, I honor my stepdad's memory. But I want you to get a good picture of God the Father. You will hear through this message, my own father did the very same thing because I would spend my summers often, much of my summer with my, my blood father, 
And he would do the same. I'd beg him. And he was an electrician. So that means, again, hot Florida sun outside all day long. And when he got home, there I am begging him. Come on, can we go? Can we go? And he would often say yes as well. I want you to see this from 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. From the New Living Translation, it reads this way. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. We should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Here from the Amplified Classic Version. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, or bestowed on us. That we should be permitted to be called, or named and called, and counted the children of God. And so we are. You're a child of God. If you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God. An amazing aspect of faith is contained in the two simple words given in what we know as the Lord's Prayer. You know them well. Our Father. Our Father, the reality that we can talk to and experience as a Father, the one who spoke the world into being, is mind-boggling. Now, it's a thought uh, 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 radical enough that it may keep you awake at night if we let it. Perhaps it needs to keep us awake at night. Wrapping our mind around the fact that God is our Father. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? For many of us, fatherhood of God can seem as remote as heaven itself. Why? Because some may have a dim view of their earthly father. That's the first impression we get. And I don't know what your impression is. And I don't know what your circumstances are. So I have to speak to the issue because it impacts many of us. I want you to listen to this note from an article in the Discipleship Journal that I I kept from many, many years ago at this stage. The magazine has been discontinued, so that's why I say many years ago. Look, my father left when I was four years old. I can see him, clear as day, getting into his car and driving off. Yeah, he paid some of my college expenses, and he he calls on occasion when he feels guilty enough to make contact. But having a father in my life, that's something I only got a glimpse of when I was watching other dads with their daughters. Sometimes that sight tore me up. Now, these words come from a faithful Christian, but as I hear them, I want to say, your real father wasn't that man who drove off. Your real, your heavenly father is better than you can dare let yourself hope. So I don't know what your circumstances are, but I know it contained our view of the heavenly father. So do not let a dim view of your earthly father create a misguided view of our God. 
Now, I realize that it's not as simple as me saying that, because for some of you, you can't erase that bad picture. But I'm going to do my part to help you refocus today. One of the chief strategies of Satan is to take the worst pain of our lives and use it to slander the character of God as Father. Do you all rem remember, some of you were here on Monday night when Evangelist Kofi, who was with us last week through Wednesday, uh, was speaking. And what happened was on, on Sunday night after the service, we, we went to Applebee's for a snack as it had been a long day and it had been afternoon since we had eaten. And so we, as we often do, when, when the waiter, in this case, come to our table um, and, and after he had taken our order, before he had brought us any food, my wife, in this case, looked at him and said, we're going to pray over our food in just a moment. Is there anything we can pray for you about before that happens? And he responded to us by saying, no, thank you. Me and the big guy are not on great terms since he took my mother away last year. Now, I can't sit on that, and neither could Evangelist Kofi sit on that. He immediately responded, don't blame God for that. That was the workings of the enemy. Because his job is to rob, kill, destroy. That's the work of Satan. But you see what Satan does? He twists his work around and blames God for something that he part in. God didn't develop cancer. That's not something from God. That foul disease is from the pit of hell. Satan does this so that we wander through life as spiritual orphans alone and disenchanted. So we push God away at any opportunity. We push Him away and say, look what God did. He's no good. Why would you want to serve a God like that? Many of you have family members that were even brought up in church alongside of you. And yet they look at God and think, how can you love God when He is like that? This is a travesty when you could walk through life as the celebrated child of the living God. You could be walking through life that way, celebrating who you are in Christ Jesus. And here's what God says to you. He says, welcome to the party. This is what I want you to catch before you walk out of here today. The theme of the Father heart of God is woven throughout Scripture and, and, and so write this in your notes if you're taking the notes or taking notes. Deuteronomy 1.31. Write this, that verse down. Deuteronomy 1.31. I have it for you, but I wanted you to write it down so you could, talk, you could get this picture of God, this proper picture of God. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness just as a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place. Now, 
you should be able to pick up when this took place. This took place after the Israelites had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. It's a wonderful view of how God cares for us. <laughs> I mentioned my, my earthly father uh, and, and, and rabbit hunting with him. and we, I'd bug him the same way. My, my, my dad was good. He was, he was good this way. He, would, uh, he knew he could bring me a treat that I loved. They, um, you guys can get them the same thing, but they weren't designed the same way. But Laffy Taffy makes a, a, a banana. And when I was a kid, they were little squares. And, and my dad, it, somewhere during the course of the day, in his travels as, an, a, as a lineman, he would stop at some convenience store and he would make sure that he had one of them at least for me when he got home because he knew I wanted it. And I would be begging him to do stuff like rabbit hunting and he would, he would so often take us. So either my older brother or my younger brother, we'd go and have that fun. Now, those are fond memories, and I want you all to get a proper picture. Again, my earthly father was not a perfect man, far from it. But these things he did well, he invested in us. He chose to make an investment in us. And, and I appreciate him because of that. Now, um, listen to Isaiah's words as he paints a proper picture of God as Father. Uh, from, from Isaiah 63, again, you may have to write this down because it shouldn't be in your notes, but Isaiah 63, verse 16, it reads this way, Surely you are still our Father. Even if Abraham and Jacob would disown us, Lord, you would still be our Father. You are our Redeemer from ages past. Isaiah 64, verse 8, again, another verse. And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. Isaiah 64, verse 8. In these verses, we find two treasures about God as Father. He saves and redeems. And He shapes our lives, often in ways we might not have chosen. I just mentioned my earthly father, with whom I spent my summers most, uh, well, a couple months every summer. And one of the things that my earthly father did, he, he would, well, first of all, my, my next older brother and I especially, we loved going to a youth center that they had in this little town in Florida, Wachula, where we were, where again, I spent my summers. And we loved going there. They had trampoline, uh, ping pong, uh, pool tables, uh, tumble mats, um, basketball court, tennis court, all of those sport fun items they would go, and there, would, there was always many more kids there as well, and so we had fun just spending the day there. But my father would pose it to us this way. I, I distinctly recall him saying to us, I want you boys to dig a ditch from, it was about this long, from here to the back uh, of the center of the doors. Now this is Florida, so digging a ditch down there is not, not a big, it's nothing like if you tried to do that here. You tried to do that here in your yard, you're, 
you're pickaxing it and you're, but you know, still, I was like 12 years old and y'all can't imagine how small I was when I was 12 years old and thin as a rail, probably dressed out at about 65 pounds. And yet, that's what dad said, you know, he said, all right, want you get, if you want to go to the youth center, I want this ditch dug in the next two days. Then I'll let you go the other two days to the youth center. And that's not something that, you know, I don't want to be out in the hot Florida sun digging the ditch, right? And when we're talking about using just a shovel and, and maybe an ax if you come through some roots from a tree or something like that, but that's what we had to do, and, and we did it. What did my father teach me in that? He first of all taught, taught me about responsibility. If I want the reward that would come by going to the youth center, then I had to do this task of digging a ditch. It wasn't something I wanted to do, but I bore some responsibility. And the reward of fulfilling that duty was that I would get to spend a couple days at the youth center doing something I wanted to do. Beyond that, we actually needed the ditch dug. I don't remember at this stage if it was about a sewage line or a water line. I don't really know. I just remember that we actually needed the ditch, not just to have us be busy, which wouldn't be outside of the parameters of what my father might do. But in this case, there was a purpose behind it. But it was more than that. I am this to this very day a hard worker. I am to this very day, I understand the principles that I have responsibilities that apply to me and my household, and they did even when I was a child. This mattered to the rest of the household. So I was to give my time and effort into doing something that not only would help me, but would help our entire household. I know some of you kids are listening right now and thinking, well, this is not where we thought we were going on Father's Day. But perhaps you need to know this. When your mom, your dad asks you to do something, you bear some responsibility for your household to do that, you need to first of all learn what obedience means in general. Listening to a, someone in authority over you and not having, and yeah, there was no way I could tell my father no. It, it, was, a no, it was a non-negotiable issue. It was a simple yes, sir. I'm not telling you I was perfect about it. it may, what should have took us one day may have taken us four, for all I know. I, I, my memory's not that clear. Maybe my brother's listening right now online and he can clear this up for me. But, but I do know this. I learned something in that. And that's what God the Father may well do with you in your life as you walk with Him. Why? If I take you back to that verse, I, I, I need to get you back there. Here it is. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. What am I telling you? Let God work what he needs to work in you. Sometimes you may not like it. You may not get it. But that doesn't mean it isn't God's plan for you. 
God alone knows what kind of vessel he wants to pour his mercy into, and he knows who or what he's building. He knows you. He knows your makeup. He knows what you need and how to get you to where you've actually prayed that he would take you. It's often been said by many preachers before me, but don't dare pay for, pray for patience. How do you think you're going to develop patience? By being put in a position where you have to wait. And so the, the point is, sometimes God has to use measures to make you who you've actually prayed to be. Sometimes the pathway doesn't seem pleasant to us. But rest assured that no matter what you are dealing with, God is not disconnected from you. Any disconnect you feel with God is something that you've created. Well, how can I say that with such veracity? Well, here it is. Jesus put a face on God. We're, all, we're not left with the Old Testament picture of God, but we are blessed by God with us, Emmanuel. We have a fresh picture of God. Now, we, we can clearly identify the Father heart of God in Christ Jesus. Consider the fascinating words of Christ just before the cross. Here they are, John 17, 26. Write that down in your notes because you don't have that verse in your notes. But here it is. I have revealed you to them. Stay with me now. Punch your neighbor in the this, in this shoulder. Say, pay attention. They need to learn this. I, Jesus is speaking, have revealed you to them, his disciples, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. This is Jesus speaking of when he was before he went to the cross. That verse tells me Christ's fondest hope in going to the cross was that he might be able to usher us into his intimate sanctuary. What's that mean? It means he wanted you included in the party. That's why this section is called Welcome to the Party. Jesus wanted us to enjoy the same fellowship with the Father that he had with the Father. And that's why I read from Charles Spurgeon's uh, uh, wonderful devotion this morning. See all that you get as a child of God, what you've been brought into. You can experience God as Father or the Father heart of God because of the work of Jesus Christ on your behalf. The problem is many of us may be orphaned by life. For most of us, there's uh, quite a gap between the truth we see revealed in Scripture and the truth we experience. How many of you would say yes to that? I'm going to say it again and then ask your response again. You can give an amen as well as raise your hand. For most of us, there's quite a gap between the truth we see revealed in Scripture and the truth we experience. 
That's not you admitting that perhaps you had a poor experience with your father. I've in fact related to you the experiences of my stepfather as well as my father that were good. It may be difficult to feel the father love of God though for you for what is it is while racked with the limitations of the man that you call daddy. But I want you to hear what Psalm 27 verse 10 says, and, and this again from the Amplified Classic Version, although my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up or adopt me as his child. It's a good word. Adopt me as his child. God chose you. Look at your neighbor right now and say, God chose you. But at first glance, you look at that verse and you may be troubled by it because you're perhaps misreading it. The forsaking David is speaking of is a product of humanity. Every human fails. You know this to be true, right? Every human fails. It is the very fact that you are human that you fail. Maybe you're measuring yourself right now. Just understand that while you cannot change the past, you can control the future. Your failures of your past are under the blood of Christ, and as a new creature in Christ Jesus, I press on toward the mark, the high calling of God, and you have God backing you in the process. He helps you. He wants your success. He's rooting for you and cannot possibly do any more to make life better for you. He couldn't do more because God sent His one and only Son so that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. But He didn't cut it off there because He said, I'm sending another like me who will be in you and make you more like me. That's the work of Holy Spirit. It is an undeniable reality that humans make mistakes. Say, Amen. Give yourself some grace. But I want you to see what this verse is truly saying. Once we realize that our fathers cannot fully father us, we can discover what God has been waiting to reveal. He will take us up. Oh, he's not talking about taking us to heaven. He's a talking, he's talking about, he's a talking. He's talking about your adoption. Our heavenly father will come to you when you need him most. And it's, I'm, I'm going to drop a word on you today. I invented one. Yeah. You'll see it in this next point. It is in those moments when life hands you a tiny shred of 
orphanness, there's the word, of being on your own, that God the Father is especially present. Yeah, when, you, when it feels like I'm all alone, it's actually in those moment that, moments that, that God comes alongside you and says, hey, hey, I'm right here. Those wonderful God moments. When He puts His arm around you and, and embraces you and you can sense His nearness. Let me bring it to a conclusion this morning because God is a good, good Father. Whatever your experience has been, God is a good, good Father. Romans 5 verse 8 in the Passion Translation reads this way, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. You see, when, when God comes to the puppy litter, He doesn't look at just the cute ones. And I know all puppies are cute. But some of them don't have the same beautiful colorations and, and don't fit the picture of, of perhaps what you hoped they would be. No, God doesn't differentiate if it's the runt or the king, if you will, of the litter. No, God says all. All, whether you're ugly, whether you're small, whether you're large, whether you're tall, whether you're thin, whether you're you, whatever your racial mix may be. God says He's proved His passionate love for us by dying for you. What more can He do? He can't do more. Again, from the Amplified Classic. But God shows and clearly proves His own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. So what's God doing? He's just waiting for you to take your hands out of any human hands and grasp His. Come on. Transfer your love, your appreciation. Yeah, I'm not tra trying to get you to discount your father's love. I hope you had a wonderful relationship with your father. I love my father and my stepfather. I love them. They were imperfect, but I loved them. And they, Im they imparted the good stuff into my life. And my own wife will tell you that she knows because she was there. And she knows how my father shaped me into the man that I am. I'm a better man because of my own earthly father. So I'm not discounting your view of your father. But it may be that you don't have that view. Or it may be that you've chosen to focus on the dim view, the bad things that your earthly father was. Regardless, do not, do not, Allow that to dim your view of our Heavenly Father. He was, is perfect. God sacrificed His one and only Son so that we could know Him. Not only know Him, but know Him intimately. I mean know Him. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you experience intimacy with God. 
Don't make it weird. I'm talking about real intimacy with God. Closeness with God. So that you know that you know and nobody can steal it from you. God is with me. I'm going to have a professor that believes in evolution and denies any reality of God altogether look you in the eye. If you are intimate with God, if you know what I'm now talking about, you ought to stand up and give God praise for what He's done in your life and how you know Him. How you can't... Did all of you miss that? You get to walk with the King of Kings at your side. You get to have that. You can be seated. As you draw near to God in real intimacy, and a change takes place. I mean a change takes place. Where you once heard... No one will ever understand your struggle or your pain. They might try, but really, they just nod their heads and move on. But the Bible says, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. There's a taking up that you'll appreciate. He took up our infirmities, our sin, our muck. Our mess, the mess of your life, God has taken it up. That's the work of Jesus on the cross. So maybe you have heard something like that, that, that no one will ever understand your struggle or pain. Are you kidding me? He went to the cross. He was denied by his closest friends. He died out of his absolute Intimate love for you. Where we may hear, they didn't call you because face it, you're a loser. If you're more of this or you were more of that, then your life would look different. But the Bible says, 2 Timothy 1.9, that's why I got it there for you in your notes, for it is He who delivered and saved us and called us with a calling in itself holy and leading to holiness to a life of consecration, a vocation of holiness. He did it. Not because of anything of merit that we have done, but because of and to further His own purpose and grace, unmerited favor that is, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Maybe somebody did reject you, but not Jesus. Maybe somebody did put you down. Maybe your own father on earth used words on you that our world is telling us is damaging and, and, and we've whole, you know, when I was a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's what we were taught. That's not what we're taught today. And I understand the principle. Yes, words hurt. And maybe your own earthly father has, has, has taught you or said things to you that hurt, did damage to you. But your heavenly father, look what he said. 
Not only look what he said, look what he did. Oh, we may hear something like, you you are truly alone. You just finally felt it for real when your wife shut you out. But then along comes Hebrews 13, 5. And you, you put in whatever your circumstance, when somebody pushed you aside, somebody shut you out, somebody told you you were worthless. Hebrews 13, 5 says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake. That's your heavenly father speaking. Never, never. How often is never? Robert, if you're somewhere in the building, this would be a good time to go to the keyboard. He was just being good. I, I, was just, I He had been sitting there by his wife and I assumed he had gone over in that direction. (laughs) So bad. She said he was hugging people. Remember, he has poison ivy. So don't hug Robert today. whether you're a dad or a mom or neither. You must begin listening to God's word over every and any other word you may ever hear. Take God's word. Even something that you may have heard in your own mind, even something that's generating from somewhere and you don't know where it comes from, would you stand to your feet, please? I don't know if you got the words somewhere in your arsenal, but be a great place for you're a good, good father. Before he sings, I would love for you all to bow your head and close your eyes. Please, nobody looking around for this moment. Maybe you have arrived in this service this morning and now this afternoon and you are not in a right relationship with Christ. Maybe you've allowed circumstances and situations, perhaps even as I related the story of the waiter, you thought, well, that's me too. I I have a dim view of God because I think he's done some rotten things, left me in a bad spot. Or maybe that's not your situation at all, but the reality is you've come into this service and you're not in a right place with God. And if that's your situation, but you want to get it changed, would you just lift your hand while eyes are closed and heads are bowed? Lift it up high and say, I I know I need Jesus. I need to get things right with God. I see one hand. Is there another? You would say, "I, I know I need Jesus. 
I know I need to get things right with God today. And I don't want to leave this service with a question mark where God's already put an exclamation mark the cross. If there's anybody like that, one more time, just lift your hand. I want to get things right with God today. All right, here's what I have to do. If you raised your hand and you meant business with God, and you want to walk out of here today assured that you're in a right relationship with God, the Bible makes this statement, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. Now listen, he couldn't have done any more than he did than going to the cross and dying for you. But if you raised your hand and you meant business and you want to get this settled with God, would you come forward right now so I could pray with you today? Come on, be encouraged, be strengthened. Get out of that pew. Come down to this altar if you raised your hand and you want to get this settled with God. You don't want to walk out of here with a question mark. I certainly thought somebody was raising their hand because they meant business. Come on, come on. Don't let anything deter you. Sing a little while, Robert, and we'll wait for you. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. I want to speak to those of you that, and I'm going to trust the what I thought was a hand raised, that's into your hands. If you want prayer and want to get things right with God, I'll still happily see you, but I want to see you and speak to you face to face. But maybe you're here, and as I share this message today, there's another way that it's touched your life. Whether that means you were mishandled or abused by a father on earth or and, and that's tainted your view and you've had to struggle through with your picture of God or, or maybe it wasn't that severe but perhaps you are one of those fathers that's not done it well and, and you have some shame for how it affected you in your life I wonder if you'd raise your hand uh, excuse me Bow your heads one more time. I don't want anybody looking around for this moment, please. If you fit in that category somewhere, would you please just lift your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not going to try to call you out today on this. But you say, I fit somewhere on that scale and I need prayer, Pastor. Somehow adversely affected by this. Lift your hand up. Thank you. 
just put your hand down and I'm going to pray this this prayer over you as a body today. Father, you know every man, woman, and child in this place. I strongly suggest and suspect, Lord, that there's people here now that didn't raise their hands and should have. But they're embarrassed to even admit that this is a situation for them. God, would you minister to them? Would you strengthen them? Would you help them whatever the battle looks like? Whatever the struggle is, help them, precious Father, in the areas where they need you to show up big for them. Please show up, Father. This we ask in your precious and powerful name. Amen. Now, before I close it off for you today, we forgot to mention that uh, Vacation Bible School starts on the 26th and the 27th is the real day when you're bringing the kids in, etc. And And so please get signed up. If you know somebody, you have some kids in your family and grandkids or neighborhood kids that you can gather up and with permission from their parents, bring them out to the Vacation Bible School. It's going to happen June 27th through 30th. Um, that's uh, four years, sixth grade. Bring them out. We're going to have some fun. Got some good stuff for you on that day. Come on, as you go out today, let's sing it again. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Say it again. Yes, you are perfect in all of your ways. Oh, Lord, you are perfect I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us? either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.